first some lore. Me and Grimbeth do this some recon around the deepest part of Lava Land. And, well... We noticed that it was actually quite cold down there. An illusion. Th this is it, right? This has to be where Noise Blast is. Look, a stairway in the lava. It's all just a facade. Let's head down then. Gamekeeper, are you sure you're okay? I know Noise Blast was your brother best. I'm good. We have a key fragment to get. We can't delay any longer. This is unbelievable. We're inside the depths of the fiery lava lands with magma all around us and it's freezing cold. Hey, <laughs> Robert, you got something we can throw to break the simulation? I do. Uh, spare copy of E.T. I brought just in case we need to throw something. Ooh. Dude, how does everyone think of everything? Throwing... Yeah! Whoa. What is this place? A techno base. A technological marvel that only Noise Blast is capable of. See that box down there? There's our man. Noise Blast meditative form. This means we gotta activate him. My brother's old job. Why don't we take him down in this form? If we try, it would trigger a fail-safe defense system and bring everyone down. Gameland was always good at defending itself. Now look at that note next to Noise Blast. Play me, it says. Gamekeeper? I'll wake him. To understand the history of Gameland, you must first know the story of Noise Blast. Yet the hands of the cruel anomaly known as the Duke, systems engineer dream and the titanium were destroyed, causing the future of Gameland to spiral out of control. No longer could the trajectory of our world be predicted, and in an effort to stave off overwhelming and uncontrollable corruption during the sixth generation, Game Lamb created Noise Blast as its newest defensive titan, preventing total collapse. But in an unpredictable upset, the Duke forced the launch of a seventh generation a year earlier than what was once foreseen, and with the power he had gained during the sixth generation, he defeated Noise Blast and his greatest friend and ally, the Gatekeeper. In one all-consuming blast. It is at this point that Gameland would be thrust into its defining generation. A generation of console war. A generation of red rings and dual shocks. A generation of pop red and pop alien. A generation of a cowardly gamekeeper. Oh, stop the recording! Enough! You can't escape. Shaking. It's gonna get real bright in here. Everyone brace yourself. What kind of marker is that? 
same time warp Confused with the power of the sun My domain is the cis generation When it was unpredictable Uncontrollable Unbeatable Getting real bright in here It's the power of the sun It's now or never crew We've gotta head in Girl, we'll beat this together The unmistakable challenge The unbranded will of pop said You will all join me in the sunshine Such ours the grand design of noise blast Coming up on channel 6th It's a brand new Masters of the Map reboot Right after these messages Gameland's hottest new craze is taking off like never before. New Game Swirls Series 2. This time, the battle is real. Build and customize your Game Swirls spinners with thousands of parts and even real metal weights to get an edge in on the competition. Equip your spinners with hundreds of Gameland's most popular heroes and villains and create their ultimate weapon. Sonic the Hedgehog from Sonic 3D Blast. Dante from Devil May Cry 2 from Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne featuring Dante from Devil May Cry. Whoa, Mario from Mario Teaches Typing? Oh my god, Donkey Kong from Super Smash Bros. Melee. Whoa, Patrick from Dino Crisis for some reason? And hundreds more, you never know who you'll get. And in Series 2, power up your game with the Game Swirls Collectible Battle Card System, featuring a base set of over 200 cards, including the announcer from Ridge Racer Type 4. Otacon from Metal Gear Solid 2? Trouble from Trouble and the Amazing Mirror. It's Pikachu! The Green Ranger from Power Rangers Time Force for the Game Boy Color. Buck Bumble from Buck Bumble? Glover, Gex, and more. And be on the lookout for the super rare character piece and take part of me, Noise Blast. It's the next evolution of Gameland's greatest craze, Game Swirls. Now available to all major Gameland retailers and coming soon, the Game Swirls Kids Mail with 20 exciting exclusives. Daniel and Robert, hosts of Markers on the Map, defender of the secrets of Gameland. Fabulous secret power. Again, this game's broken. I definitely and won that game. It doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter. This game is too much fun. Run Super it back. Smash Bros. Melee is the best game ever made, and no game that ever comes out in any year will ever top Super Smash Bros. Melee. The best. I don't game think ever there'll made. ever be another another fighting game that'll ever beat it. I don't think there'll be another video game that ever beats it. Movie, TV show, book, comic book, is anything. Super Smash Bros. Melee is the pinnacle of entertainment. I, you took the word straight out of my mouth, Daniel. Man, this game has everything. It's got Mario. 
It's got Luigi. It's got Peach. It's got Roy from Fire Emblem. We love a Fire Emblem character here. But only if they brought back a very iconic, fast-speeding rodent. Rocky oh. rodent. If only true, he was in true. this game. Man, that's the only thing that could make Super Smash Bros. Melee even better is if they brought Rocky Rodent back in. He's fast. He's way past cool. He's everything you want. He has cool hair. His hair is super cool. He eats a lot of food. Come on now. He's so fast. Man, Mr. Game & Watch. Who'd have thought to put Mr. Game & Watch into a fighting game? I mean, (laughs) Super Smash Bros. Melee is the pinnacle of entertainment. It truly is, Daniel. Amazing. Well, you are listening to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. It's your weekly little broadcast about talking about the current and latest video games. And this week we're going to reminisce a little. We got a little bit of new stuff to talk about. But before we get started, my name is Daniel, and I'm here as always with my good friend and co-host Robert, to whom I'll ask a simple question each week, and it's always the same question. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing pretty all right in this year of 2005 of ours, you know. I had to go pay off and get some minutes on my phone, but uh, that's pretty much it. Minutes on your phone, man. These these truly are the future times we're in. <sighs> Imagine, man. What if one day there was unlimited talking, man? You have to pay oh, for man. minutes. I Who barely... Knows? I just changed all my VHSs to DVDs last week. I'm still working on upgrading a few of mine. And one Oof. of them that I'm eagerly awaiting for is... Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, a Ooh. movie what I just saw for, like, the sixth or seventh time. This movie is, like, to say Episodes 1 and 2 were amazing is an understatement, but to say Episode 3 is the best movie I've ever seen, like, I'm tempted to turn this episode of Markers on the Map into Revenge of the Sith spoiler cast, but we'll have a game later on that kind of did that earlier in the year. <laughs> oh, man. Have you seen Episode 3 yet? I have not seen Episode 3 yet, but I heard very good things about it. Yeah, it's got everything. Everything you can want from a Star Wars movie. It's got lightsabers. It's got Mace Windu. It's got Anakin Skywalker. I like Skywalker. Mace Windu. That's Mace a good Windu character. Mace Windu is pretty cool. He's got the purple lightsaber. He do. Oh, man, I was just thinking about it. Have you heard of these new thing called plasma, like, HD TVs? Yeah, but you know what? I'm not, I'm not really for them because Super Smash Bros. Melee, everybody knows that the best way to play Super Smash Bros. Melee is on a CRT, CRT TV. CRTs, man. I mean, like... Put put it on put anything on a plasma screen, but you gotta keep to the basics with melee. You can't have the greatest game of all time ruined by things like input lag, um, widescreen stretching. You gotta have it on the perfect TV, the CRT we have here in the studio. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. That's the thing that's been on my mind so much lately. But this is a huge episode of Markers on the Map. We have so many exciting things to, to, to talk about. And we're going to go ahead and start with a game that actually just released. It's called Destroy All Humans, and it came out for the PlayStation 2. I believe mm. that's what you picked yours up on. Yeah, pretty much. It's a brand new game that just dropped. And it's, it's pretty interesting for, so far. You know, it has some pretty good stylization of the characters and art form for being, you know, the year we are in 2005. It, it seems like it's going to be a new part of this new game series. I hope they continue on because it has some pretty cool ideas this idea of you're not the human but the alien you're you're a clone of an alien called crypto 137 your your whole mission is to kind of take over the world hence the title destroy all humans it's really interesting when the game has you play as like the villain character um we saw this a couple years back where gta finally went open world and you're not exactly playing you know the kindest soul it's in the city it's that whole idea of, like, sometimes the protagonist isn't the hero, 
And sometimes the antagonist isn't the villain. It's one of those anti-hero games, am I right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty much. He, like, if you look at it, it's like, if we threw Crypto's alien eyes, we are the hero because we're trying to save our race. But to the humans, which we were, would be, yeah, it's, it's the bad guy. We're, we're the villains. So, is the gameplay feel refined? Does it feel like a modern game? Because I know we've had some really great examples of modern games lately. We've had the Bungie revitalize the shooter genre with Halo and Halo 2. Like, how does this... How, like, does Destroy All Humans... What perspectives does it play from? A first person, third person? I haven't quite gotten around it's, to playing it It's yet. a third person, and they do some pretty cool things I haven't seen very well done in games. Like, you have a... a, a like, a, a PK system, like a, like a psychic power where you can levitate things with your mind. PK, and, you say? Yeah. You like, Ness in Super Smash Bros. Melee, the greatest oh, game of all time? I totally forgot. that. See, maybe it's connect. Maybe Crypto will be in, in, in smash bros maybe that's dlc oh. whatever that is <laughs> they'll release a new melee uh melee 2 melee plus and they'll have some new characters on there Ooh, like an expansion pack you know like that sometimes they'll bring a game back and they'll add like a bonus video to it or something mm-hmm. oh or like a bonus dvd but maybe there's like a bonus disc kind of like the the old Ooh, Zelda maybe Master Quest. hopefully there's a demo disc of what the new game is gonna be in my uh pizza hut order Gotta love those Pizza Hut orders. So, I, I played another game that just came out. It, it, it came out earlier in the year. I believe it came out in March. Um, and I was a little baffled by it. Lego Star Wars. This is a great game. This is kind of an adventure game. It, it goes based on levels, and it takes you through episodes 1, 2, and 3 of Star Wars. But it was funny to me how it kind of spoiled major plot points about Revenge of the Sith um, when it came out by having you do the whole, you know, Anakin... Oh, maybe that's a spoiler. I guess mm-hmm. it was in the trailer. You, you know Anakin and Obi-Wan fight in this movie, just from the trailer. Um, but it did have a playable sequence of that in the game. Um, it has things like General Grievous, who we know from the Clone Wars uh, cartoon from Gendy Tartakovsky from a couple of years back that aired on Cartoon Network. You know, the one that had, like, at the start it was, like, three-minute episodes, and then they did a bigger season that had, like, 15-minute episodes. But, man, like... There is so much to unpack in this game, so many characters to play as. You can even play as the little droids. Um, each character has their own like special things, like Jedi can use the Force to build things, like mm-hmm. Anakin Skywalker can crawl through small spaces, and R2-D2 can open up doors and stuff like that. And you're allowed to go in and replay levels um, with the characters you've unlocked in order to find the, the mini kits, which will give you, like, mini versions of star wars vehicles and some of the levels have like vehicle sections and i was over there like now this is pod racing (laughs) um i was i I really enjoyed my time with lego star wars i just wish it didn't spoil such pivotal moments of revenge of the sith months before the movie came out um but look lego star wars had me thinking Mm -hmm. a game that came out last year one of my favorite games of all time Star Wars Battlefront. This game blew me away last year. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you're on to maps from the old Star Wars movies and a few from the new Star Wars movies, and you get to choose if you want to play as like a stormtrooper or somebody from the Rebellion. Sometimes you get to play as droids from Star Wars Episode One, like the the destroyer droids, and they can like roll and they can deploy their shield. And each character feels so unique, and each class feels like it's so special compared like it's such an amazing game you the the main mode has you go around capturing bases and as you capture them um you you would go to the next one and then other people can come and 
capture mm. that base. They call them command posts. Um, but between the graphics, the musical selection of everything in this game, the, the idea that you can just launch in and play the maps in order with instant action, like, Lego Star Wars is a great game and all, but Battlefront is truly, like... I think mm-hmm. it might be my favorite. Like I, we we did talk about it last year, and it was my game of the year. But like, it still might be my game of the year going into into, into 2005 here. It's, it's a pretty good game, you know. I don't know if it's like I think the Lego games are a little bit more fun, a little bit more collectathons, and you know, collecting things here and there, exploring levels in a very cool way. But Battlefield, I don't know. I'm, I mean, Halo Two is really really good. I don't know if that will ever there'll ever be another FPS game that will top that one. They're both really good. Like I'd well, I, say, first-person shooters are in their like prime right now. I, I guess, I guess, Battlefront does have that third-person, you know, advantage kind of. Yeah. And it is Star Wars themed, so it does have really cool Star Wars like stuff in it to kind of. Yeah. Make I do like, like switching between third and first person because sometimes I do want to see like the battle droid or stuff like that. Um, I will say that neither of them hold a candle up to melee, but that's only because Super Smash Bros. Melee is. And forgive me if I've said this before, it's the pinnacle of entertainment. Still taking the words straight out of my mouth. It's really pretty good. Now, something I don't think we liked as much that came out earlier this year was Resident Evil 4. And I think it we can chalk it up to the control scheme. Like, it felt very clunky with the with its tank controls as we are mm-hmm. starting to move away in the modern gaming age see, from this tank control system. See, so you say that, and it's true because Metal Gear Solid 3 release a year back right it had a fixed camera angle apparently there's a rumor on the street rumor that they're releasing a new version that will have a back camera third person mode so it's not in a fixed camera angle see i'm all for this because that is a great game but it still felt like it had that kind of ps1 limitation of fixed camera angles it's a big part of the problem why i wasn't as into metal gear solid 2 because a lot of it was from this fixed perspective Mm -hmm. um just thinking about how three would work with a, with a, a, a movable or third person camera is like very exciting to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, Resident Evil Four is 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 touted as a good action game, one of the best games people have ever played. But just something about it did not sit well with me. I don't know if it was because of it feeling slow or the tank controls or just not liking the general vibe of it. But um. I, I feel like it's I feel like it's a controversial thing to say that Resident mm-hmm. Evil Four isn't you know one of the best games of all time. <laughs> it, 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 it's up there. I don't know if it's any, you know it's not no melee to me. But oh, it's, it's definitely up not there. melee. <laughs> Another Nintendo game that we saw um, a couple years back. You know we're doing a little bit of retro reminiscing here. Um, was Super Mario Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Now this came out after Melee, I believe. I could be wrong about that. I'm thinking back to a couple years ago. Um. But this is kind of like a successor to, to Mario 64. I don't think it quite reaches the heights of Mario 64. Um, in this one, Mario is on uh, a, a tropical island, and he's got this thing called Flood attached to his back. And the, the, the idea of the game is like, there is all kinds of grime around this island, and Mario has to use the Flood to um, get rid of the, the mess to defeat enemies and bosses and do some really tricky platforming, including these like space sections where he loses the flood and he's just like having to do these really complicated platforming maneuvers um mario sunshine's a weird one i i don't know what are your feelings on mario sunshine mario sunshine it's not the longest game i know it's not as like as long story and collecting 
why is this a 64 and that might be some issue but it's a much more difficult game it just challenges yes i've never beaten 3D, it i cannot yeah. beat it it's it, it challenges the 3d like this new 3d kind of like open world that we're seeing right now like a lot of games go into this whole like open world 3d move the character in a third dimensional like playing field so it's pretty challenging for people who want to you know try it you know i could it be the most challenging game i don't know it might be it could be oh. I'm thinking back to NES and the Turtles game. For the NES, Mm -hmm. I think that might be the most challenging game to date. Um, But as far as GameCube games go, Super Mario Sunshine is one that I just cannot handle. There's this haunted hotel level, and that's just where I've been stuck at since, you know, since the game came out um, back in 02. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, the first handful of levels they're like fine they're straightforward but then you're going in you're having to find red coins and like those ones where you're just doing pure platforming on these blocks and mario controls so slippery in this game it just can't you know i'm not as into it as i was in super mario 64 which just feels like one of the best games of all time i wonder if mario will ever go beyond because this is the first time i I, you know what this might be the third sort of area all right hear me out mario's one and two well two is spoilers it's a dream mario one was the mushroom kingdom and we kind of stayed there until even two was technically mushroom kingdom then we got super mario three was mushroom kingdom and you know four was dinosaur land correct yeah we're we're changing a lot so i want to know how many islands are on this planet they live on and i wonder if they would go beyond you know staying on their planet because there's only so many islands, right? So, I'm expecting the next one just to be, kind of be going back to a, a, a I guess a, a what the 3D world of, of the Mushroom Kingdom looks like. You know what I mean for the next one? Or, and I feel like I understand the thought process here. You're thinking, well, by by the third or fourth of something, things tend to head into space. You think there could be a Mario game that takes place in space? Daniel, that's ridiculous. Even for <laughs> Mario. Okay, maybe Mario needs to be a little more grounded than I thought. Um, I don't. I mean, like Sonic had a game where he was kind of in space in, in part of this, but he's not like flying around or anything. Yeah, um, that's why Mario can't breathe in space. That wouldn't make sense. True, true. But you know, what if? What if? <laughs> Speaking of Mario, Double Dash, best racing game I've ever played. It no, might it's be no better melee. than Melee. It's no Melee. It's it no might melee. be. I think it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's up pretty on good. Par. It might be second place in, in, in the pinnacle of entertainment. Second place right under Melee, but just slightly. Um, Double Dash, man, this game has everything. It has two people on one cart. It has the best Mario Kart tracks the world has ever seen. I don't know how they could talk Pretty good Dash. mechanics. Pretty good double pretty good team me- mechanics. Pretty good mechanics. I think you mean perfect mechanics. All right. Yeah, yeah this is probably the best it'll ever be. I don't think, I don't think any Mario Kart game will ever touch Double Dash. But that brings us to another rumor. Because you know the Nintendo DS dropped last November. Um, rumor mm. has it that this holiday season there's going to be a Mario Kart for the DS. And I'm like, okay, the DS is alright. It's a pretty cool handheld. It's got some interesting graphics. But are they going to be able to like top Double Dash on the DS? Um, I'm shaking the Magic 8-Ball so. here and it says, uh, Outlook not good. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, Double Dash is probably the, the pinnacle of entertainment when it comes to racing games. I don't think there'll be anything better than that. And it's got that soundtrack with the whistles. I love the whistles. (laughs) Um, But enough about Mario for right now. Prince of Persia 2 Thrones dropped. 
Now, I've told yep, that actually did drop. So, Sands of Time is one of your favorite games ever. Yeah, um, I, I liked it. I haven't it. played it, really it at good. this point, but you always speak so highly of it. So, how was Two Thrones in comparison? It So, Sands of Times is, I guess, more pleasing for just general audience. It, it's very easy to pick up, but has a good, decent and good amount of challenges here and there. Uh, I, and I feel like... It what it was very story driven, but it it wasn't as much as kind of the later ones where the first one Sandstone was very gameplay and having fun and having story elements here and there, you know, you know, spread around dispersed around, you know, the entire game. Just kinda of here and there they'll have a cut scene here or some dialogue there, but you're trying to just really play the game and get through puzzles. Where the later ones are very story heavy and you have to do certain objectives. They're adding a lot of new things in this one, like a very like a takedown, like stealth mechanic system, where if you're above an enemy and there's a little, like a little flicker of light, you're allowed, you're you, you're able to do kind of like this takedown, like mini game where you press square at the right time and you're able to do a, a stealth clean. You well, know, that sounds like takedown. something a lot of games could probably take a cue from in the future, right? Yeah, pretty much. Like I said, like it, it's not. I think it's better than the second one. I think the second one was a little too, little too edgy and a little too weird, kind of out of nowhere, dark for no reason. Where this one. And I feel like with this one, they brought back the original voice actor from the first one because the second one, he sounded way too different to be the original guy. It is, it, it, it has some really good, like, like I'm telling you, it probably is, like, one of those where the first one, I think, just everyone will like. The second one is kind of like, if you're going to play the trilogy, it. yeah, it's like, you might have to play it, but I can understand people don't like it as much. Where this one, I could feel like, if you some people who lost it on the second one probably won't play the third one, but the third one is a bit better than the second one. Oh, that's good. Well, it's good to know that the one that just came out is like an impressive game. Would you? Mm-hmm. How would you compare it to Smash Bros. Melee? Oh, nothing beats Melee, Daniel. <laughs> maybe they'll add Prince to the Melee for another patch update. Oh, that would be cool. Speaking of Melee and characters from Melee, Samus is in Melee. Samus was actually in the original Smash Bros. as well, mm-hmm. and Samus had some really cool games drop. Um, in the past couple of years so we did have metroid prime 1 and fusion which dropped mm-hmm. on the same day um a couple years ago but last year we had the follow-up metroid prime 2 and mm-hmm. metroid prime 2 um uh, my opinion on it is is a little let's put it this way that game is frustratingly hard you can switch between the light and dark world and you'll constantly lose health in dark world the ing enemies are very complex and difficult, and some of the bosses are just inspire so much rage and frustration mm-hmm. um, that Metroid Prime 2 is such a step above. Like, graphically, yes, and like the mood is uh, the immaculate vibes, but the difficulty is just incredible for something like this to the point where I wish they had kind of dialed it back. I have not been able to beat this game yet, even though it's one of my favorite games of last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, but I, you know, I get stuck at a certain point. The Boost Guardian is really hard. But man, the way I've seen others play this game so professionally just really makes me want to finish it. There's also a split-screen multiplayer mode that I've really enjoyed playing. You know, with you and the others in couch mm-hmm. co-op. Um, Metroid Prime 2, one day I'll beat it. Um, another thing I've been working on this year, this came out a couple months ago, Pokemon Emerald. You know me. I love me some Pokemon. I was addicted to Fire Red and Leaf Green until I completed the Pokedex, and now here I am with Pokemon Emerald. I'll say this. It's a great Game Boy Advance game. 
Mm-hmm. It's a remake of Ruby and Sapphire that does everything so well. But you know what? I liked Fire Red and Leaf Green better because the original 151 Pokemon are by and far the best 151 Pokemon. And Fire Red and Leaf Green lets you have the first three sets of Pokemon here, but it does give you mm. that classic Kanto experience. Your Brock, your Misty, Lieutenant Surge, all those classic gym leaders. Articuno, Moltra, Zapdos, you can catch Mewtwo at the end. You can have Pikachu, Charmander, Squirtle, Bulbasaur. The, the list goes on and on of the classic Gen 1 moments in Fire Red and Leaf Green. I mean, that is pretty That is pretty cool if you really think about it, to put on a, a pretty decent list of... I mean... It's not just one generation. We're getting you're getting a good amount. That's what that and that's pretty impressive when you really think about how much Pokemon there are, yeah. and every like kind of generation, how much they can compact that into a simple like cartridge like game. Especially like it, there's like 350 Pokemon at this point. I don't know how they can come up with anymore. Think about it like this: where it's like if you were to take an NES cartridge. And you see how big they were, but they could barely fit anything. And then you see the Game Boy, such a small card, but they, they can do stuff like this. Yes. Where technology is advancing. You just, just made me realize something I need to bring up here. The colored cartridges for the Pokemon games are so cool. I hope they never stop doing those. Oh, like those the are really bright cool. green cartridge of Leaf Green. I like that. And the, the dark emerald May- green of Pokemon. Oh, I, I like the, the clear looking things that we got this generation. Like the PS2, the clear ones, the controllers. Oh, yes. How clear color code they are. Like God, the green so and blues. Cool. I hope they continue with that. I really like that. And that actually brings me to another thing that's kind of see-through. Um, so last year with Fire Red and Leaf Green, they did mm-hmm. release these wireless adapters that came with each copy of the game. So instead of linking up our Game Boys with the link cable, we could just use the wireless adapter that it came with and play, you know, fight Pokemon and trade Pokemon that way. Um, that's really made it convenient for, you know, when you want to get around with your friends. You used to have to have multiple link cables to, like, connect four Game Boy Advances, which was really silly. Um, another game that used this wireless one was the Digimon Racing game for the Game Boy Advance, which is another really classic game. But since we can't dwindle on too much for too long, Operation Genesis, you really liked that one. Ooh, I did. I did. It's it's, it's a it's a park builder, and it, it, yeah. it's not just a park builder it's a Jurassic Park park builder so it brings the idea of like hmm what if the park worked and you can and now it's a fr- kind of like i guess a franchise s- series so it's like maybe someone could So it's could like buy... Sim City or Roller Coaster Tycoon? Yeah, i would say more in the sense of Roller Coaster Tycoon where it's, it's very similar amusement parks are trying to entertain people and bring in that you know that money value to keep expanding your park with you know new attractions and new dinosaurs and stuff like that. It's it's one of those where you can't go wrong with the Park Builder series, you know, either Sim City or, or you know, Roller Coaster Tycoon and stuff like that. So I've played the Jurassic Park game for the Super Nintendo. I found that one to be mm-hmm. really hard, but I also played one on uh, the Mac computer a couple years back called Danger Zone, and that was like a board game. Ooh, I do remember. I remember that one. They had a whole like when the third movie dropped, they had a whole just kind of like PC games like era and they just had like i think like dino defender danger zone they had a couple around there actually it's kind of like how they had that uh that game boy one where it's kind of it's weird it was a dress park three like oh park i remember builder. that it was on a game boy i heard it was pretty good i skipped i skipped on that one but for some people i or not some people for, i heard from some people that it's pretty good there's been some interesting things like just to talk about the game boy for a second um like the game boy color had a metal gear solid game the game boy advance has some like you know had a street fighter game 
Like, a lot of cool things got put onto this little machine. And I know the DS is out and everything, but they're still putting out Game Boy Advance game. And the DS does have that cool slot on the bottom that you can slide those Game Boy Advance into and keep playing them. Mm -hmm. Sonic Adventure 2 Battle was an early one here in our generation. Um, Just, you know I'm a huge Sonic fan. And I get a little misty-eyed thinking about this game and the, the feelings I had when I first played it. Running around in so- at Sonic and City Escape Zone, running away from the truck to make sure, that, you know, you know that part where you're running towards the screen. But then this game does so many other interesting things. You can play as the bad guys. You can play as Shadow the Hedgehog, who's like an evil version of Sonic, who has like these hover skates instead of regular shoes, and he's got his own set of levels. You can play as Tails and Robotnik, and these guys have, like, these robot suits that they kind of walk around in the levels and, like, shoot enemies or obstacles for. I'm not too big on these levels, but they do have Knuckles and Rouge. And they have levels where you are finding pieces of the Chaos Emerald by flying around kind of a big, large map and, like, looking for, like, little sensor beeps that'll tell you where to dig for this emerald, um, mm. coupled with a fantastic soundtrack. Um, like there's Pumpkin Hill and there'll be like a rap verse about Knuckles in Pumpkin Hill. And then um, Rouge will have like a very chill sounding themes to her levels. Um, there's interesting boss fights. But look, I've been playing Sonic since it came out. The boss fights in Sonic have never been my favorite part of the game. Mm-hmm. This game does continue that tradition of, you know, boss fights not being the most exciting thing. But most of this game, people are... S- like so down on this game but i loved it i liked it better than sonic heroes and look sonic heroes don't get me wrong it was fine the controlling three characters at once idea of it was a bit much and certain pathways that you had to have certain characters at your leader got a little bit confusing and threw me off a bit um but i went ahead and beat the game but then i think back to sonic adventure 2 battle on the gamecube i'm like no kind of 3d sonic game could beat this right now not even the new sonic the newer one in sonic hero there is you know word getting around that shadow the hedgehog is going to get his own game at the end of this year i'm skeptical Mm -hmm. but i think if they've you know they take what they've learned from these sonic games the things people don't like and they get rid of them um this might be one, one of the greatest games of all time um i have no problem with the shadow the hedgehog game it sounds like it could be a lot of fun but is it is it some is it melee I think we both know the answer to that question. As misty-eyed as I get as talking about Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, I'm full-on tears when I talk about Melee. Melee? God. To think, it's been years since Melee came out. And no game has even come close. I know we say Double Dash is like right under it, but let's be honest. Double Dash is like not that close. Melee is like... Melee is the Mount Rushmore of video games. All four presidents. You know what? Hmm... Could there ever be a game to top Melee? A weapon to surpass Melee? Maybe, but mm. nah, never. What? What if? What if they there could is come another... out with fifty sequels to Super Smash Bros. Melee, and none of them would ever top Melee? I'll always go back to Melee. <laughs> but Robert, I think we're forgetting something. Are I think we? we're forgetting that there's a couple other fighting games that came out in the past few years. They're no Melee, but they are pretty impressive for fighting mm-hmm. games. The, the, the quadruple threat of Tekken 5, Budokai mm-hmm. 3, Soul Calibur 2, just such a perfect game, and Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Oh, that did get a, a console release. Yeah. 
I do remember when MVC2 dropped. I do remember when that dropped. I didn't get it for the Dreamcast. I got it for the Xbox. So Tekken 5, you've played that one. I've not played Tekken 5. I mean, it's Tekken. Tekken's Tekken. You can't go wrong with Tekken. But, yeah, I remember you know. 2 and 3 being really great, and I loved 2 and 3. But 5 sounds like it was also like up there. It added some new characters here and there. But I think it's like Tekken will always be Tekken. It will fundamentally be the same game, gameplay-wise. Which is nothing wrong with that. You don't want to change up a certain type of... like, Especially fighting games. Because if you change how it moves or it plays or stuff like that it kind of puts all those years of training from the past game out of it you know it's just like that was such a not waste of time but sort of you're you're changing up this where their skills are not on the reset mode so they have to feels like what they did with mortal Kombat then yeah you know what i mean yeah it it was like a 2d game and then it went to like a 3d arena like arena spectrum like tekken where tekken was like that from the beginning i think if you're a fighting game series, you should just stay consistent throughout. Um, and one game that's been consistently good, haha, is the Budokai series. But Budokai was, 3 really just takes the cake. Yeah, like, so this is such a great game. The first one, it, it was it was of its time where, like, if you play 3 to the first one, like, it doesn't look and play as pleasing as the third one. Because the third one is, like... They just they just went beyond with this one. The, the the way the game looks looks straight from the anime. The controls, the music is great, and everything about it is just it's such it's such a great anime fighting game. And then we have Soul Calibur two, which mm-hmm. man, the review scores on this one from all my favorite magazines, nothing but perfect scores. Five stars, tens out of tens. Soul Calibur two is is a just the modern day classic fighting game and but you've is got it guest melee? characters it's not melee like believe it or not as good as soul caliber 2 is it doesn't hold a candle to melee but it does have guest characters it has link it has spawn and it does depending on what depending on what system you buy the game for you get a special character that's exclusive just to that system the fighting is 3d arena brawling perfected and the story mode gives you maybe like six or seven fights of just pure non-stop adrenaline the graphics are some of the best in the business like soul Calibur 2 is one of those games where you will look back and you'll say man there is no game that could ever hold a candle to super smash bros melee but soul Calibur 2 certainly did come close it did pretty did come pretty close Oof, i don't know maybe time will tell which one would be the more yeah favorite of, of both of them but i mean it is melee now, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was a surprise, to be sure, and it did get its console release. Um, I've always been a fan of Marvel vs. Capcom. Mm-hmm. I I am not a big fan of choosing three characters. I am more of a one-on-one fighter. See, Assists but, are not my thing in fighting games. It just it works for MVC. It really does. It might work, but it's still something I don't like having to keep track of. But I'm not saying it's a bad game. Well, the roster is incredible. It's one of those things where at least it doesn't do this thing where if one your characters die, it restarts the round. It's like no, all three of them have to have to have to be defeated in order for it to be you know. So it's like realistically, yes, if you are at a one two or a one three, the one does have a disadvantage. But if you're good enough, you could pull a, a you know a one through three character kind of like win. Yeah, it's crazy. You have to be really good for that and be a that master of using your assists and everything. I'm, I'm, I'm on the side though of hoping that not many fighting games in the future will take cues from this because you know, 
could you imagine a Dragon Ball Z game where you you know pick three characters like in Marvel vs. Capcom? I don't think I'd really vibe with that. I don't know. It's, it doesn't look seems like a bad idea, but I do agree. Uh, Dragon Ball never well. Mm, it depends because when they had like the villains fight a lot of characters at once, it was technically like imagine if you were fighting one with assist, but I was just sort of kind of teaming up to de- defeat the villain. I don't know that would work as like everyone can do that. Actually, this conversation has made me think of another Game Boy Advance game. Dragon Ball Z Supersonic Warriors is like a Street Fighter 3 level fighting game on the Game Boy Advance. Except it's more fun. You can fly around. It's just like playing Dragon Ball Z Budokai on like a 2D plane. Like, it is incredible. Um, there's like multiple versions of the characters you can select from. I remember, I like the, the menus are just so fun to like scroll through and look at all the character portraits and everything. This is just giving me like so much like good things about the Game Boy Advance. I I can't believe we're already on the DS. It's only been a couple of years since GBA mm-hmm. came out, but it just gave us so many good things. Like just baffling how much quality was put onto the Game Boy Advance versus what came before and you know DS is it's a little slow getting started. <laughs> so we kind of did touch upon how the whole the, the 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 way 3D games are played now where it's no longer fixed cameras. It's sort of uh what's it now it's it's behind 3d uh it's a 3d pers- uh 3d pers- a third person perspective where it's the camera yeah, behind we kind of have full control over it yeah so you know it came out with you know probably i think gta 3 was like one of the i, I don't know if it's the first oh, one but GTA at least it popularized 3, man i it love me some gta 3 like this is such a huge i don't think i've ever played in a game that has a bigger world than gta 3 with so much like density to it so many characters to interact with so many missions and weapons and all that and you thought and you thought that was good enough until i am pretty sure this is your favorite because you, oh, i know what I know what's coming like. i know what's coming you like you they brought out vice city oh come on driving around at night in vice city listening to joe jackson stepping out one of the all-time gaming moments like if we could rank moments it would be number two right under the first time i started playing super smash bros melee <laughs> see and that's good and all but i think the third one was much better i think the San third Andreas. one has such a wide reaching story it's definitely like a landmark you know game for stories it is but it's just so much more with character customization even like rpg elements in the sense of you can customize your character so much from not just their clothes but haircut to the the weight of your character and muscle mass and speed of your character just by how you play it it, just, it was just oh, san andreas is such a it's just a great game i don't know if there'll ever be one that will ever t- you know take it over and, and you know hopefully you know, years from now, when, you know, it seems like we're getting, like, a two-year gap or a year gap or four-year gaps between these games, you know. Hopefully, by, like, the 10th GTA or something, it'll be just like maybe this one a little bit in the future. But that, you know, that's way far off, probably, the I year, mean, like, I mean, if they can keep delivering a quality Grand Theft Auto every two years like they have been, I think they'll just learn from the mistakes of the previous one. Maybe they'll do one that takes place in, you know, the modern day. Um, that would be kind of cool. Um but yeah, that 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 really brisk two-year release schedule. It's like once you're done with one Grand Theft Auto, Rockstar Game right Studios there. is ready to blast out the next one and impress even more with a bigger world, better stories, more characters, better graphics. Like the graphics of these games are so cool. More cars to drive. I'm like I'm eagerly awaiting the sequel to Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Um, you know, two years from now. Seriously. <laughs> 
Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be something out there. I don't. I just think it did add a lot to what you can do. With such a, it's a pretty big map. If you really think about it, how much yeah. open space there is and how much you can do. It, it, you it, can it, go it, inside it, helicopters and everything. Like, what other game lets you just have nonstop sandbox type fun? Like, and they've much. tried. There are some great open world games. There's Spider Man Two, probably the greatest movie tie-in game they have ever you know devised. What? It'll probably be the greatest Spider Man game ever. I don't think there'll be anything better than that one. You can't. It's talk. amazing. Look at the graphics. Look at the web swinging. Like there is just so much to unpack with this game, and it's a movie tie-in of all things, Robert. A movie tie-in that is just this fantastical open world adventure. What a time we live in this year of two thousand five of ours. God, two thousand five. Speaking of 2000s, Splinter Cell also dropped, and you played that one. Oh, yeah, so uh, Splinter Cell. It's sort of... It's weird, because people compare it to Metal Gear Solid, where Metal Gear is more of a story-driven game with, you know, the element of stealth in it with the characters, as you know, super soldier, you know, one-man yeah. army. Where this is very heavy in the whole stealth, which, you know, they add some things here and there that maybe one game can, can really learn from the other to add it into their genre. I'm pretty sure there's some things that... When Splinter came out, you know, maybe Hideo Kojima, you know, over there working at Konami was like, hmm, maybe, maybe we could add this to, you know, because the landscape of stealth games have changed. And yeah. maybe, like, when Splinter Cell saw the new ones, they're like, hmm, maybe this Metagross Solid stuff, maybe we can add some more stuff like this here and there. But Splinter Cell, the, the first one, like this new one, because I assume they're going to make sequels out of this one because it was pretty good. I mean, it's it is, made by Ubisoft, right? I'm sure they'll be making Splinter Cell games well into 2025. They, 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 they did Prince of Persia, and they already did Ubisoft as well, and they, they made three sequels. So I assume this will probably be the three-trilogy treatment where they'll make three of these, and, you know, maybe we'll get some spin-offs. But for, for the first one, it's pretty, you know, pretty good stealth mechanics. It's pretty well done, actually, developed to, like, how it plays and... Everything about it and the character itself. Sam Fish is a pretty interesting character. He is no Solid Snake. You know, it's like it's like not. comparing. You know, Solid Snake is and, and you know is the melee of stealth characters where it's just like you know, yeah, there's others, but it ain't no Solid Snake. You feel me? Yeah, I feel. Him. I don't know, but Splinter Cell is just one of those games where I think if you're a fan of the stealth genre and like kind of super soldier and kind of going around and being sneaky and because I know that may not be your thing because I know how much you don't like the whole stealth mechanics and some yeah I had like I said I had some trouble with Metal Gear Solid 2 and I don't chalk it up to the fixed camera as much as I chalk it up to like I get impatient with these kind of things and the enemies seemed to be endless in Metal Gear Solid 2 once you Mm. got caught so yeah a a lot of things with the genre do bother me but to hear such high praise of Splinter Cell is it's you know I like I like to hear it. It's pretty good. So, I got a question for you, Daniel. Okay. What if it's the year 2003, I believe? Oh, man, a whole two years ago. And there is a movie based okay. on a ride uh, from a very famous place. I'm standing it, uh, up where, in my seat. It's, uh, it's where they say uh, the land of magic, you know, the happiest place on earth. Oh, and you're talking about mm, Disneyland? I'm talking about the, the Disneyland, you know, with their vaulting, unvaulting some movies, bringing them back out for DVD and VHS, you know. They Oof. like to unvault things some here and classics. there. classics. Lady and the Tramp with the Oof. DVD menu board game. Classic. But back to what I was just going to talk about was we did get that Luigi's Mansion, you know, for we the GameCube. Did. A classic game. A haunted, gave Luigi you know, his first... His first starring role, it was kind of a puzzle game where you could suck up ghosts with vacuum cleaners and you had to save Mario. 
Now, the picture is the year 2003. A new movie okay. starring Eddie Murphy has released oh. called The Haunted Mansion. Uh-huh. Of course, I think I know where year, this is going. <laughs> of course, it's the year of 2000, so everything has to have a tie-in game. Why not? Mm-hmm. So, for some weird reason, they put it a tie-in game that came out at the same time with this movie. And if you got the game when the movie came out, it came with a free ticket. And it would work on participating theaters that would, would, that would accept your ticket. And if I remember correctly, it did work at our local theater. Yeah, I, I remember. It was cool of them to let me keep the ticket and not take it away from me. But uh, I remember... I don't remember. I, it well, would worth some money on eBay someday. <laughs> but what, my, my point is, I'm getting to where they, for some reason, released a Haunted Mansion tie-in movie game when the movie came out. And you're thinking, well, how is a Haunted Mansion tie-in movie game starring Amy Murphy going to work with a video game? And that's the interesting part. It doesn't star Annie Murphy. For some reason, this game is an original story. This game has nothing to do with the movie. Ah, see, some movie tie-in games do that. Like, some will be like, well, we don't want to spoil them. See, this takes me back to the start of the episode, Lego Star Wars. Maybe they Mm -hmm. could have done alternate takes of episode three instead of actually telling the plot, like, three months before the movie came out. So this idea that Haunted Mansion was a separate story is really cool, actually. Gives more lore to the world of the Haunted Mansion. Pretty much, so deep in lore. Pretty much, and it's weird because it reminds me so much of Luigi's Mansion where you play a character who who goes there and he sucks up all these souls and ghosts, not in a in a vacuum like in Luigi's Mansion, but in a in a lantern that has magical powers that you can put like these soul rock gem things in, and they give they grant the player powers. But it's like I said, it's not a it, it's a tie-in movie game, but it's nothing to do with the movie. It's its own original story. But and it's like a Luigi's know. Mansion clone? Like a Luigi's Mansion-like? It's, it's, I mean, it's like saying it, it is, is if Tekken is copying Melee. Like, well, they're both fighting games, so they're not uh, copying each other. It's just this genre they're in. So maybe yeah, this yeah. is a, the umbrella a new, term, I guess. we've been seeing this kind of new thing with, like, horror games. You see that the survival horror sort of yeah. kind of thing is coming up. Something like, you start know, with Silent your Dino Hill. Crisis, your Resident Evil last yeah. generation on PS1. In the you got Silent Hill, Silent Hill 2, so like that. So maybe we're getting this new genre of like, it's like horror games and survival and collecting things and figuring out mysteries, like mystery horrors and stuff like that. You know, yeah. maybe we're seeing a new era of, of horror games coming up. I haven't gotten around to playing that one myself yet. It's but pretty I have good for Luigi's a movie tie-in. See, yeah, another pretty good movie tie-in game with Spider-Man, <laughs> like Spider-Man, but no. it ain't no melee. No, I mean, like it's pointless to even compare the two um other things that aren't melee but are pretty good was that you know in the past few years sony's major studios have worked on like really different games than what they used to so we had naughty dog and naughty dog they made crash bandicoot for the playstation one it's kind of like a platform where we talked about it in the past this generation they went on to make um jack and daxter which are mm. kind of like these third-person shooter type games with a little bit of platforming elements and then insomniac did the same thing they went from making a platformer with a character like friendly little mascot spyro to making ratchet and clank this third-person shooter with lots of customizable weapons and again collectible elements so it does feel like you know the playstation studios have really refined their collectathon i want i want to call them collectathon games um Mm -hmm. in, in this generation Whereas, you know, Sunshine did feel like a step back, 
This Ratchet and Clank game and its various sequels where you were just blasting constant giant weaponry, silly story moments, voice acting, and, you know, heartfelt characters. Like, I've really been enjoying that. Um, and there are some of those rumored that, the, you know, the PSP did drop earlier this year and some of those are rumored to be making the leap. I don't know if they'll be spinoffs or if they'll be straight, you know, just put Ratchet and Clank on the PSP. I think something like that could work. And Sucker Punch... They're, they're a studio who's been on the come up with another, you know, platforming game for the PlayStation called Sly Cooper. Um, and that's had a sequel at this point. Um, I, I just feel like they're so winning. But then we get to Xbox. And they have Halo. Which people just... I mean, Halo 2. I know Melee's the best game of all time. But I've never heard so many people say Halo 2 was the best game of all time. It's pretty great. It did kind of... It has. It's just so much fun to play. You can dual wield weapons. It, that's why it's called Halo Two because of the dual wielding. It's two you can guns. Dual wield. What other games at this point can you dual wield in? Come like, on, I'm imagine having two plasma blasters, <sighs> two needlers. Think about it. Plus, it has that multiplayer, and Xbox Life has seemed to lead and pave the way for online multiplayer. Um, now, PlayStation has tried it with a few things. Uh, like Killzone, Killzone mm. had like a an online component. Um, Killzone was pretty good. I, I don't think it was as good as Halo. It's a little more grimier, but I, I I wasn't like too down on Killzone. Um, them making a sequel to Killzone would be very cool, I think. Um, and then they had Final Fantasy Eleven, but Final Fantasy Eleven is kind of like a you know one of those massively multiplayer online role playing games. It's something you really have to invest a lot of time into to get mm. anything out of it. It's one of those things now where you talked about Xbox Live, and it just kind of makes me think. I don't think people would... See, I don't think people are going to want to pay to play an online subscription to play Mm. online. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That might not last a while. They might have to figure out some way to make it free for most people. Yeah. But then again, most people don't have internet right now. This new thing called the internet. There's, There's rumors of Nintendo DS games that might be able to connect to the internet. Like, mm. could you imagine trading Pokemon that would be <laughs> online <day>. with people? <laughs> Instead of cards, um, your actual digital Pokemon. <sighs> I eat my uh, hat when that day comes. <laughs> but not the G4 hat. Don't eat the G4 hat. Nah. I love G4. It's my favorite channel. Oh, it's such a good channel. I don't think yeah. it'll go anywhere. No. Um. So, I, you know, talking about Final Fantasy XI got me thinking. Squaresoft, you know recently become square enix mm. they've also released some great games of generation final fantasy 10 and 10 2 were really good kingdom hearts was this weird hybrid of final fantasy and disney and it had kind of this battle system that was like like a third person action game like look i recently played devil may cry 3 for mm. the fifth or sixth time and i want to talk to you about that game at some point but i don't want to talk to you about it today because i could go on and on and on about devil may cry 3 forever so we're gonna have to you know table devil may cry 3 here for a while but kingdom hearts is this like weird mishmash of like rpg elements and like press a button to attack but you're also clicking it from a menu and you've got your final fantasy spells and everything i don't know how i feel about it it's a little slow it's a little clunky but I do appreciate the fact that you can see all these classic Disney characters. You know, Disney characters that people might not remember. Disney characters mm-hmm. from movies that Disney is unvaulting and putting on their DVDs. Um, you, you, I'd like to think Kingdom Hearts had a fairly complicated story. 
But I think with sequels, they'll iron out the complication. I can't see Kingdom Hearts becoming an overly complicated story, mm-hmm. you know? So, I I know there's a, a Game Boy Advance one out and a, a sequel, but I haven't gotten to them yet. But I have a feeling that the, the complexity will diminish as we get further and further into Kingdom Hearts. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of any other heavy hitters right now. What about you? Oh, I was drinking my Pepsi Blue. What was that? Oh, I it's love Pepsi Blue. I mean, it's delicious. It, to say it's, I mean, it's the melee of sodas. It's running pretty and well. And I say so that with no reservations. It's the melee of sodas. They, hopefully they restock on some because I haven't seen some in a while. But I got some reserved. I bought a couple, you know, a couple years back. So hopefully they keep bringing more of that stuff. Classic. Um, only other things I can think of that I've played, replayed recently. The Yu-Gi-Oh! Eternal Lilith Soul for the Game Boy Advance. Mm. That's one that's like spoiled some of the Battle City characters before the show even aired, but I mm. love that game. Yu-Gi-Oh! is such a it's such a simple game. There's nothing too overly complicated about it. Cer- certain monsters have effects that do cool things. You know, you've got a, a handful of card types. The fact that it's such a simple game makes it so appealing. And the digital version is, is just fantastic even this this game like again the game boy advance it's a masterpiece see it's like when the movie the pyramid of light came out and it did if it, it showed the ending of the battle city arc before the battle city arc was even over oh. so he's, i'm sitting there like well this is the so i know that's I know a lego star wars moment if i ever saw it exactly i remember that movie I got the blue eyes shining dragon in my promo pack when i went to everybody MC. got the blue eyes shining dragon <laughs> i think I was missing one card. And then they had like a special set you could get with the other cards from the movie. They're mm-hmm. in my collection. I'm looking at it right now. I got my binder with all my rares and my holographs. And um, my Blue Eyes Toon Dragon from Magic Ruler. Because, you know, magic cards are, are one of the best cards in all of Yu-Gi-Oh. Surely they wouldn't change the name of magic cards, right? No. It'll, it'll, I don't think it's... A, it's similar, but not too similar. Yeah. Anyway... In the past couple of episodes, we've been taking a look at some of the Frontier Brains, which are a new set of characters that have come out in Pokemon Emerald. And we've been kind of ranking them based on the fashion choices that they make, the clothes Mm -hmm. that they wear, how cool they look as a character. So for this week's Pokemon fashion, we're looking at the Frontier Brain Lucy. So she is the queen of the Battle Pike in Pokemon Emerald. And she... Correct. I, I might be wrong. She feels like a poison type. She's got kind of like these black pants, this this purple mm-hmm. top, and these like wrist wraps, and this really long black hair with like red highlights mm-hmm. into it. She mm-hmm. looks kind of like a villain character, but mm-hmm. I really think she looks cool. She's pulling off this modern day fashion very well. Um, I think this is some high end fashion here, Daniel. I really like this design. I like the boots. I like the color scheme. I like the pants. I dig the belt. If that's part of the pants with the, unless that's part of the pants, but it looks like a belt. I really like it. Yeah. I, I kind of. She re- almost really feels like, like she's design. themed after the Pokemon Saviper. Mm-hmm. Like she does feel like the human embodiment of Saviper. And I know Jesse has Saviper in the anime, but that's Jesse. This person is Saviper. This person makes Saviper cooler than it actually is. This Lucy character. Um, man, like for real, I'm giving Lucy. I five core fishes out of five. I this is a five for me. I give this five all the way. This is I really like this. To think 
we'll have to <laughs> like it's so much better than the ones we get came before and just looking ahead it's a lot better than the ones that come after there's a few that like get up there but i think lucy is the pinnacle she's the melee of pokemon fashion i think this brains. is i think this is my first ever time doing it but this might be my first ever five ever yeah <laughs> definitely my first five now before we wrap up here this week a little bit of news mm-hmm some Nintendo DS rumors for us. A Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. That sounds promising. Pokemon has been on such a roll lately, but you have to think. They've got like 350 Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Are they going to make a new set of Pokemon for whatever the Pokemon DS game is? Like, we have Pokemon Dash. Like, Pokemon Dash came out recently, and that is like a mini game almost. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking like a full-fledged Pokemon adventure. Could you imagine? Like, could you imagine? Like, what po- what animals haven't they done a Pokemon of yet? They haven't done one of a beaver. A beaver Pokemon would be really cool. That would be pretty cool. I think a beaver Pokemon is, imagine like, the top of my list. Pokemon made out of ice cream? Ridiculous. Oh, out of man. food? Come on now. I don't... I don't th- a Pokemon made out of ice cream is so ridiculous that I don't even think they'd do it in the next game. I think they'd have to save that for the game that comes after. I think Maybe. there's still too many things that they have to See, do before they... And ice cream? Never. I'm gonna just go ahead and say never. Probably. I wouldn't think so. That'd be too weird. <laughs> now, my question is, where in the world is Metroid Prime Hunters? Because the DS came with Metroid Prime Hunters First Hunt, which was a little demo of a game that was supposed to come out already. I'm like, when is this supposed to drop? Could you imagine something on the scale of Prime on the DS? Well, that's what Prime Hunters kind of is. It's a it's a stripped down version of Prime. You know what? Just you what were you reminded me of what? You remember when Duke Nukem was announced? That new game <laughs> is this still I in do. development? Yeah, I mean they haven't said anything about it in a while. I don't, I don't, I, I'm kind of giving up hope on that one. Hopefully they release it soon. I don't think it'll be that much longer. No game will take ten years to develop. No way. Though so they they have Beyond Good and Evil, and I'm pretty sure they're gonna release a sequel to that any day now. <laughs> um, another piece of news we have is m- more like a more like a guess here. The the PSP launched a couple months ago. I've been playing it. I've been enjoying Coded Arms, a Konami game. It's like this um shooter that has randomized elements to it, and for for a handheld system, like the PSP's screen is so insanely good compared to the ds like i won't say that the console itself is better than the ds because they're both new um but coded arms has been great but it's konami i'm like you know we've even got things like wipeout on the psp um but konami are we gonna get a metal gear solid game on the psp uh, probably not. I know the psp looks pretty good but i don't think it'll ha- it can handle metal gear solid could you imagine a third-person Metal Gear Solid game because we talked about this 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 rumor that Metal Gear Solid Three might be released as a you know with a third-person control. Mm-hmm. Could you could you imagine something like that on the PSP? A yeah. Metal Gear Solid portable. But you Just need think about it. Dual analogs. How are you gonna do analog? Well, I think with Coded Arms, they've kind of gotten around this issue by allowing you to control the camera with like the face buttons. So I mean, it's it's a matter of how how unique of a way can we use these buttons? How can we make the most of one analog stick? You never know. I feel like something like Metal Gear Solid Portable could work. Only time will tell. I don't know. I don't see it. And for our last news of the week, this this is big. This, this might not be news as much as it is just like 
Word on the street. So mm-hmm. we've been playing Need for Speed Underground 2. Mm-hmm. We've beaten it. We've done everything there is to do. And I feel like we're bored of it. Word is mm-hmm. a new Need for Speed game is in development. And they say it'll be the best one yet. Interesting. They say, and this quote directly from this magazine says, and I quote, the melee of Need for Speed game. Now, now, now they're just now they're just doing too much. Come on, now, really? I mean, Let's I've played be, some good racing. Melee? Ridge Racer Five at the start of PlayStation Two was incredible, but like to call it the melee of racing games—that's a lot to live up to. It is. So I, I think they're being ridiculous with that statement. That's just a little too much. You never know. I mean, Underground Two was pretty good. I know I'm sick of it, but I'm just thinking about it. Like, Underground Two was all right. You remember the old Need for Speed games? They weren't as great as Underground 2. Yeah, I mean, Underground 2 did kind of bring the whole, like like we said, the sandbox mode, the whole new generation of open world, so maybe this might be, but I don't know. I think there's, you know... Whatever, whatever they got cooking up there with the Need for Speed series, this is one of my most wanted games. Um... <laughs> Uh, we'll see. We'll see what, how this game comes out to be. You know, maybe it's from that new studio EA got for the Need for Speed franchise, the Black Box. It was. Ah, we'll see. All these games, like I just can't wait for the Electronic Entertainment Expo. You know, it, it's it's it's. <laughs> I know we just had it, but like next year's is probably going to be just amazing because there are so many things swirling around about new systems and everything, and it's like ah. I think we're I think we're at the pinnacle of video games right now. I think we are at the 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 perfect moment for video games where everything that comes out might not be the best, but it is pretty great. All right, so Robert, at this point, would you say we are done with the newest broadcast episode of Markers on the Map? Yeah, I think we should wrap up this broadcast. All righty. So, Robert, the time warp is open. Let's head out. Noise blast is no more. You know, Daniel, there's a lot of times where people say, I was born in the wrong era, and they wanted to go back to these weird times. But the 2000s was a strange times. But when you look back on it, everything was a lot more simple when it comes to games. You bought a game, and it was just the game. No DLC. No no online requirements. No online requirement. That's a big one. No patches. No downloads. Everything was gold from the start. If only I could go back to the year 2000 just for one week to experience how it was. That different era of gaming. But a word on Melee. Everybody knows that Smash Bros. Ultimate is the best Smash Bros. game. Oh, Smash Bros. Ultimate is much better. Oh man, Smash Bros. Ultimate is so good compared to It has Smash a lot Bros. more characters. I mean, Brawl. Look at Brawl. Brawl was incredible. Brawl. They had the Brawl Brawl. I mean, the Brawl Brawl. they had the one I mean, on the 3DS. The, the Smash Bros. on the 3 That was super cool, too. That was pretty um, good. Yeah, but I really like Ultimate. Anyway, Markers but, on the Map is going on a small break in recording episodes. I believe our date to return is January 17th. As it stands, um, I'm going to try to update our X account with more stuff as we are on the break because something I forget to do all the time is make posts on the X account. I usually just post the episode and everything. But before mm-hmm. we before we go on our small break, um, you know, to recharge our batteries, 
to, you know, because, you know, mental health. I've been going super hard on games lately, so it's really me that <laughs> needs to, like, slow it down and, you know, stop having to talk about, you know, all the millions of things I play. Um, but I do have one piece of news that is very, very relevant to things we've been talking about lately on this podcast. Um, Robert, <laughs> you remember when we talked about... Okay, so... Every now and then we have a Mario Kart news update, and every now mm. and then we do an episode where we talk about Mario Kart tracks. And all I've been harping on since they announced this expansion pass is, please put Rosalina's Ice World in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Well, I am happy to say that the literal last track they announced for the final set of Mario Kart tracks, which will be launching, like, the day this episode goes up, is Rosalina's Ice World. We made it. We did I mean, it. Yep. <laughs> Applause. Go and put put a, a cheer sound effect. I don't know, but that's pretty good. You got you got the track you wanted. I mean, they had some heavy hitters left, and they picked ones that I thought were going to be in there. But Rosalina's Ice World. That means I finally get to hear whatever they make the music sound like. Because like on Mario Kart Seven, one of the best songs in the entire one of the best songs. It is the Smash Bros. Melee of Mario Kart songs. <laughs> But I, yeah, I just wanted to make sure we popped out to, to do that last little news update. And speaking of Ice World, Green Badoof, Blastwave, Gamekeeper, Robert, and myself are going to steer the angel in the direction of the Icy Mountains where we're taking on Ultrabot, the seventh generation's titan, <laughs> and where Game Land truly went wild. <laughs> So we do like to end every episode with a world-famous video game quote. And in keeping you in the spirit of the sixth generation, you know, Ellie, we really are the Wild Thornberries, the movie, the game. And we will see you guys in January. Bye. Later.